0: college football fans welcome to the pocket pressure podcast your one-stop shop for college football all year round i am your host jacob klumker here with me today as always my incredibly good-looking co-host thomas nelson we we do have video going so that is good and
1: oh yeah you had a little bit of a. You reminded me in the intro of the
0: "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" intro. There, that, oh. that was kind of fun. Hey, I'll take that. That's like one of the greatest voices in sports history. So,
1: that did you and know the funny, uh,
0: EA Sports guy? Oh yeah, have you heard? Have you seen some of the YouTube videos of him? Just like meeting people randomly, and they'll and just ask him uh, to say to do it? it. Yeah, it sounds it sounds incredible. Even live, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, but also the guy who does the UFC uh oh shoot what does he say uh well the guy who does the UFC like before UFC fights uh-huh. is the brother of the guy who did all of those like let's get ready to rumble huh. um hold on let's get ready to rumble guy that's what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm googling right now <laughs> michael buffer he's the uh michael buffer michael bubley michael buffer is the boxing guy uh let me look up michael buffer brother but this is a crazy story i heard it on uh rogan
1: uh michael buffer we're taking a a, a detour today from college football we are talking yes. uh, ufc no. fighting today let's ex- let's uh talk about what we know about ufc
0: yeah so which is nothing But Bruce Buffer, Bruce Buffer is his brother, but apparently they didn't even know they were brothers until they were, I'm pretty sure both famous. Hmm. It's crazy. Like they were apparently separated at birth or something. I don't know. It's a crazy story, but you'd think like, oh, Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer. Oh, they're brothers. That's awesome. Of course, they're going to be in the same industry. They happen to be in the same industry and they didn't even know they were brothers. That's crazy, right? Like, they didn't know one another that they were brothers? No, they didn't. Oh. Uh, the whole story was on... Uh, I think it was it was when Rogan had on uh, the barstool guy. Why am I totally blanking on his name? Uh, Dave Portnoy. Oh, okay. He had on Dave Portnoy, and they ended up talking a lot of UFC, even though Portnoy's not like a UFC guy. But they talked a lot of UFC, and he... Rogan told this story of Michael and Bruce Buffer, and it's crazy. It was a interesting listen, for sure. But well, anyway, we are a college football podcast, and this is our first video podcast. This is my first video podcast.
1: I've never done one ever. ever. This is my first time, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully it goes well and boost viewership. Let's
0: do it. Yeah, Let's, should we should we hop into some news here? We should, we should. We got lots of news. You want to hit the first a, one?
1: Yeah. So, Alabama making moves this week, hiring a offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Uh, both positions need to be filled. Um, offensive coordinator, they hired Tommy Reese. Defensive coordinator. I'm blanking on his name right now. Steele was his last name from Miami. Kevin um, Steele. Wha- what are what are your thoughts on the hire? Good hire, bad hire? If you had to give it a grade, what are you uh, initial shoot from the hip thoughts on the
0: defensive coordinator hire? I will give it a. I'll give it an A minus. On- I think it's a good hire. On defensive coordinator, I think it's a good, I think it's a solid hire. This guy, Kevin Steele, is a proven defensive coordinator. When he took over as defensive coordinator at Auburn in 2016, I looked up the like, like defensive scoring statistics from like 2009 to 2015. Auburn was like 50 to 60 range. It, all of those years, like they did not have a good defense. Even the year that Cam Newton, 2010, where they won the national title. We don't talk about that. Yeah, sorry. Um, even that even that year, they still didn't have a top 25 defense. I think it was like 50-something. Kevin Steele at Auburn in 2016 had the 7th-ranked scoring defense, first season as defensive coordinator, second season in 2017 the 11th-ranked scoring defense, 2018 14th-ranked, 2019 17th-ranked. So I read one article that said, like, every year they got worse, and I'm like, well, can't you give them credit for taking over a defense that had been bad for, like, six years and making them a top 10 defense year one, I think it's a great hire defensively. I, I mean, who are you going to get that's better?
1: <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know if I give it as good of a, a grade as you, I, I give it like a B right now, B minus. I think it's a safe pick. He, uh, I didn't know this, but he was actually the defensive coordinator previously with Nick Saban in his first year at Alabama. Yeah. um so they've worked together it was just one year before he then left to take another similar role i'm not exactly sure where he went from there but i nah, i mean recency bias comes out big time here And miami sucked last year given yeah. i don't know if it was a hundred percent their defense's fault it's never a hundred percent but i mean they were giving up a lot of points they were giving up didn't they give up like forty five points to
0: Duke? Fair. Their offense so, was also atrocious. Yeah, I mean bad. their the, offense was worse than their defense. Yeah, that's
1: that's fair, but I, I just think it's it's a I, I don't know who the other candidates were, per se, but I think it's a safe pick. I don't think it's a bad pick. And I don't and at the end of the day, like coaching at alabama you're gonna have cream of the crop talent and you're gonna be able to do what you want with it so if he's got a proven track record which he does he'll be able to he has better athletes at alabama than he does at miami (laughs) quite frankly at this point in time so we'll see i don't know i think the offensive coordinator hire is pretty intriguing actually um yeah I, I, I just, again, I think it's a conservative pick. I, I was reading up on kind of a little bit of, and who knows obviously what's going on in the back room um with all the hiring, like the interviews and stuff. But I read somewhere that like the first name that leaked as a potential offensive coordinator was the guy from uh, Washington, Ryan Grubb. Yeah. Um, and everybody was like, oh yeah, that could be a good hire. Like he did amazing things with Michael Penix Jr. this last year, turned their offense around. Um, but ultimately he didn't get it. And then they also interviewed uh, the guy from Baylor, Jeff Levy, who mm. would have been a good fit, but they, I, what I was reading was he was pretty heavily involved in the cover up of the scandal that went down at Baylor. And so it wasn't like a good, like moral pick, I guess you could say, I don't know if you want to call it a moral pick, but so there's two guys already that they were considering ahead of Tommy Reese. And then, Nick Saban, apparently, again, we don't know because we're not there, but apparently was looking at even Joe Moorhead, head coach at Akron, who before that was the offensive coordinator at Oregon. He'd been a head coach at Mississippi State, I believe. But then all of a sudden, like, it's like this guy, is he like a fourth option that's like just so far down the list? Like, I don't know. Like, he seemed, I mean, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts here? I'm,
0: I'm rambling a little bit, but what are you what are you thinking? No, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Well, okay, I saw a take on Twitter that I really liked, and I think this is how I feel about Tommy Reese. And this is the twi- This is the Twitter take by Wesley Gullet. So shout out to Wesley here. Um, I don't know. Do you know who Wesley Gullet is? Can't say that. I wasn't. Do. I wasn't sure if this was like a check mark or something. I I didn't. I didn't even look to be honest. But anyway, my take on Tommy Reese. This is a quote. My take on Tommy Reese is that I didn't even know there was a coach named Tommy Reese until yesterday. So I'm just going to take the wait and see approach, (laughs) which I'm not going to lie. I did not know the name Tommy Reese and I'm an SC fan. He's the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Like I didn't even know he, he was, he took over in 2020. Um, I don't think having the resume of being the Notre Dame offensive coordinator for the last three years is really that great of a resume. Um, Notre Dame has not had a very good offense.
1: That's what I was thinking Uh, too.
0: So I'm like, I is, you know, is that a Notre Dame talent issue or is that a Tommy Reese issue? Um, So I'm just going to wait and see. I have no idea. I don't know anything. I don't know enough about this guy to know if he's good or not. He's young. And, that seems to be what everyone wants these days. So. I feel
1: like these like young guys that rise to the top pretty quickly are either like amazing, like IE your Lincoln Riley or like just kind of like burn out, like get all this hype. And then they just kind of like fizzle out, like and Clint it's Kingsbury. not official yet, but like, yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, and that's not official yet. Like he might come back in redemption, whatever. But like, as of right now, it's like, rose to the top real quick and then he just fizzled with the cardinals and so that's that's my biggest concern like like you said notre dame's offense has not been anything great like it's i think i saw 2020 and 2022 they were pretty much mediocre to like bottom half of college football 21 they had a little bit more explosive explosiveness to them um and some of like the like higher level metrics like in yards like measuring like the explosiveness of the plays and big plays and stuff like that but again I don't I don't know I'm kind of like you like kind of in a holding pattern like we'll wait and see and quite frankly for me it comes down to like if Nick Saban's choosing him like he's probably got some potential right that's that's my philosophy. Like Nick Saban knows how to put a staff together because he has to. He literally every year has to like whip up another staff because so many guys have been yeah. like reclamation projects that have gone to Alabama to like revive their coaching careers. I e, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, like all these people, and so. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I I mean, what's Bill O'Brien? Just I mean, just fired from the Texans, comes to Alabama. I don't know. What's the guy that used to be the coach at Tennessee? The guy that used
1: to be the coach at Tennessee, Butch, I think was his name, Butch Jones Cassidy. Not Butch Cassidy. I don't think he coached uh, the Vols. I think his name was Butch Jones.
0: Yeah, Butch. That doesn't sound familiar. Okay, Butch Jones. Yeah, he
1: coached at Tennessee, but now he's the head coach at Arkansas State. Like, not a huge name school but like he's gone back to being a head coach and so I think the fact that Nick Saban chooses him whether or not he is the fourth choice I don't know if that's true but that's like the order that the coaches' names yeah. were leaked but the fact that Nick Saban is choosing him I feel like should instill a lot of confidence in him or starting with him like Tommy Reese like dang Nick Saban chose me like I mean he sees something right like he knows how to see talent but I don't know. We'll see. And it could have been a bargain hire, yeah. too. Like, I don't know what the details of his contract, but maybe it was like, because you're not super proven, we can get you a discount. <laughs> like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. It, it does seem I, I've seen things about it being a lateral move. I don't think it's a lateral move going from Notre Dame to Alabama. Like Notre Dame is a blue blood, but that's a step up in terms of in terms of talent, like going to work for Nick Saban is a is a uh is a step up although i do think marcus marcus freeman as much as i don't like notre dame
1: i love uh, i think mark
0: marcus freeman's kind of awesome yeah he's Uh, way cool i see him like a dabo sweeney kind of yeah like the players coach
1: everybody loves him yeah just super real and like yeah like you said players coach like just meshes well with the players and gets along and knows how to lead so we'll see there's another young sure. rising to the top real quick, and that didn't start off super great this year. He did turn it around. They ended up what in like top twenty, I think
0: they ended up. Yeah, they turned it around. They they weren't bad. They were fine. Um, almost losing to get, Cal, but you know, I mean, absolutely actually losing to Marshall. <laughs> so yeah, there was that too. But, but... Uh, there was there was something with Tommy Reese that I saw. It was a video of him saying. He Was basically yelling in his headset, Do your effing job.
1: Yeah, to somebody did you see that? that? <laughs> yeah, to the, it was what's like, the quarterback's is... name that's now at Arizona State. He transferred out. Was that Tommy Reese? Pine. I wasn't sure if that was him. It was, it was Reese. It was Pine, yeah, Drew Pine. Pine sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that pick. video was like, You're the leader of the team, do your effing job. Like, I was like, Oh man, I wouldn't respond well to that personally, but like,
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But the the caption to that video, whoever posted it, said, this is why Nick Saban hired Tommy Reese. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, he meets the, the requirements, the MO of Nick Saban. Look, yeah, that's one guy that Nick... I would not want to piss off. Like, Nick Saban is a cool. guy would scare the living. Like, I don't know if I was, like, a five-star recruit that I would want to go play for him with my personality. Like, I'd be yeah. kind of nervous, but maybe the fact that I'm not a five-star creep probably not as nervous as me looking from the outside in but I don't know um I'd be a I'd be a dabo guy for sure I'd want to go play for dabo yeah I would play for dabo he's like intimidating but like I feel like it's like a different kind of intimidation like you don't want to let him down like because you are held to higher standard like not that Nick Saban isn't holding his players to the higher standard
0: it just feels different I don't know all right, number one coach in college football. If you were a recruit right now, who would you want to go play for? Ooh. It depends on the position, I guess. I'm
1: it's hard not to be biased because I really like Dan Lanning, and obviously I like Oregon. Dan Lanning, if I'm trying to put all of bias aside, he seems like a way cool guy, and I would love to play for him. You do love like him. up and coming guy. I don't look like Dan Lanning. We'll have to do a Didn't poll you ha- you have, there is a little so resemblance. There is some no. resemblance. I should space. get a tattoo like him. Did you see his tattoo that he got? Is
0: it a dolphin tramp stamp? <laughs>
1: no, it's not that. It's like a tattoo, like all on the entire side of his body. That's like his wife, and then it has like subtle symbols on her of like mm. places he's coached at. It's kind of interesting, but like literally the whole side of his body. But anyway, um. Aside from Dan Lanning, who I would go on to go play for, um, Ryan Day. No, Ryan Day kind of scares me too. Not gonna lie.
0: No, Ryan Day seems like a, a big tool. old douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: probably Gabbo. or Jimbo. Gabbo Jimbo. Kind of... No,
0: Absolutely I'd want to play not. for a team. I'd want to play for a team that can score points. Yeah, that's, that's true. Unless you're a defensive guy. Their defensive wasn't good either, so. <laughs> All that NIL
1: money is not turning out to be a good return right now.
0: Honestly? Okay, so I actually. That's a dumpster fire right
1: now. Hopefully they turn it around, but. Or hopefully yeah. not. I don't care about Texas A&M. Yeah, I don't All
0: care there. All right, who, who but, would you play for? Well, I, I played quarterback in high school, so. I I mean, I would want to go – if I were a five-star quarterback recruit, there's nobody else I'd want to play for than Lincoln Riley. So you got some bias going on too. Yeah, but like I have something to support it though. Like Lincoln Riley that's has true. three Heisman Trophy winners and one – another Heisman Trophy finalist. He's been coaching for like eight years. <laughs> yeah, and that's a pretty good track record. Not, uh, yeah. Every other year he's got the Heisman finalist.
1: I mean I would I would take that if I'm a quarterback. But yeah, no, I agree. That's yeah. fair. You do have something to back it up. I don't because I'm an offensive minded fella. I played wide receiver in high school and Dan Lanning's a
0: defensive guy. So So you would uh, want to go to Ohio State. That's where the best receivers go.
1: Yeah, but I don't like Ryan Day. I don't know.
0: Let's uh no. let's move
1: on here. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's off, off topic. All uh, right, no, it's let on me...
0: topic. It's college football, baby. Yeah, that's true. All right, let me take the next one. Okay. Stetson Bennett, so public <laughs> intoxication last week, so that's that's kind of old news at this point we you I mean you brought it up last week, but then this week there was a senior bowl, and he chose not to participate so this is a this is i think this is a real question which affects his draft stock more the public intoxication or not playing in the senior bowl?
1: Are you asking me that question right now?
0: Yes, not. Rhetorical. I think it's an.
1: I think it's a no-brainer. The public intoxication messes his draft stock up way more to me. Okay, because I mean, at this point, NFL scouts are aware of what he can do. Like playing in the Senior Bowl, to me, I don't view that as like a make-or-break. Maybe he moves up a pick or two or three. Like he's not gonna go from being a late third rounder to like a high second rounder based off of an amazing performance in the Senior Bowl. I don't think playing it would have hurt his draft stock by any means, but I don't think that by skipping out on it, it hurt his draft stock either. That's my take. But I think people are more concerned about like NFL, like at the combine when they're interviewing these kids, it's like in-depth stuff. Cause like they're betting like their franchise on these picks. Like yeah. not, not necessarily the later round picks. Like there's less pressure on those ones, but like still you're only given like a handful of picks. Like there's what, seven rounds in the NFL draft. Like, It's like you got to get it right in the few picks that you have. So I would be very concerned if I was an NFL scout or coach like that's cause for concern because I showed you the video after recorded last week, like after the last national championship that he won, he was on that Good Morning America and he was clearly (laughs) hungover slash still drunk. And so you start to worry, like, I don't know, does he have a drinking problem? Like if you're out. Getting arrested for public intoxication, like that's a red flag to me. I don't know. Do you do you not agree? Because you had a different face or facial expression.
0: Uh don't hear what I'm not saying. The public intoxication is, is not a good look. Um, but I personally I actually think not showing up to the senior bowl is a bigger problem. For reference, Justin Herbert showed up to the senior bowl. Yeah, no, I know that he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. The... Not the Super Bowl. I wish the Senior Bowl <laughs> someday, buddy. Someday. Pretty, pretty much the same <laughs> same amount of hype and relevance. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. To me, I, I'm I'm just thinking about this as you know. Again, like you said, if I'm if I'm putting my career on this guy, which, if we're being honest. No one's putting it's, their career on Stetson Bennett. He's going to be a backup. That's what people are drafting break. Him to It's be. not a
1: break or break your career kind of thing, yeah.
0: Right. So, I think both are a problem. But public intoxication, I mean, if he was in Athens, he wouldn't have even gotten arrested. But he was in Dallas, so he did. Um, not the greatest place to get drunk and go around in public. The city, basically, where you just annihilated their team. But... That's neither here nor there. Um, he didn't hurt anyone. He didn't. He wasn't drink. He wasn't driving. Um, it wasn't domestic violence, which is obviously a big problem in the NFL. Um, to me, not showing up to the Senior Bowl shows either a lack of interest in the NFL, or it shows a lack of awareness. Because if he thinks if he thinks that he doesn't need the Senior Bowl to show stetson bennett needs every little bit of help he can get because he's already a fringe like could be undrafted free agent and then he doesn't even show up it's like is this guy committed like does he want to play in the nfl why isn't he at the senior bowl this is this bowl the senior bowl is made for stetson bennett it's made for prospects like him and he doesn't show up to me that's a
1: huge red flag did he commit to going and then just didn't show up, or no like idea? He just, I have no okay. idea. Because if that's the case, that's different. That's very different. If he said he was going to go and then didn't, but if he just like had no intention of going, then then I don't know. But, I feel like the public intoxication is a little bit more of a. Cop. You don't think he's already shown like he's won two national championships in a row, defeating the top teams in the country. Like, winning MVP in both semifinals... Didn't he win MVP in all four of the college football playoff games he played in? He did. But he so also... like, what he, else does he, he also like have won, to prove?
0: It's not about proving. It's not about proving what he can do on the field. It's about showing that he... The NFL, especially if you're going to be a backup, like you got to show up. You got to work hard. You got to, you got to be there for the starter. Like you got to be a, you got to be a good supporter, whatever. You got to be, a you know, a good, a good, uh, a good soldier. And to me, the fact that you're not willing to show up for the Senior Bowl is like you're not committed to the game. I'm sorry. Like, you know, uh, CJ Stroud doesn't need to show up because he has, he is inc- way more talented than Stetson Bennett. Bryce Young doesn't need to show up because it's so abundantly clear that he's in so much better at football than Stetson Bennett that nobody expects him to show up. And and they're not seniors. But so. Stetson Bennett and they're not seniors. Also <laughs> a good point. But but Stetson Bennett is like I don't know. We I mean I, I get I can, get
1: what you're saying. I, I can I can see your side of the argument. Like it's not a necessarily. You're saying it's not necessarily an opportunity to showcase skill, but showcase grit and like yeah, work ethic, just determination, and commitment. Essentially,
0: yeah, it's like, dude, you won two national titles, but you were on clearly the best team in the country. Like you were surrounded by first round draft picks. Like you didn't. So win I guess two that could have been tit- interesting. That could have been interesting win. for him to
1: see how he performed at the senior bowl with lesser talent is maybe like another sure. thing to consider.
0: Yeah. I mean, he wasn't carrying Georgia if, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say Georgia was carrying him because I thought Stetson Bennett was a very good college quarterback. Um, But he certainly wasn't carrying that team. Uh, there were a lot of incredibly good football players on that team. And we saw, I mean, we saw Georgia's backups just push TCU around. So yeah. I just think like, yeah, that's not, neither is a good look. Obviously public intoxication, right. not a good look, not showing up to the senior bowl, not a good look. Uh, I already wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted and I, I don't think he's getting drafted. I don't think anyone's going to want a piece of him now.
1: You don't think he'll even be like a super late round potential Mr. Irrelevant.
0: Why? Why would you draft someone as your backup who seems is showing already that he's not committed to football?
1: I, I like, do know. Like up, I'm not like I'm not going to pick up. It's getting blown gonna... out of proportion here a little bit. Like because he missed the senior bowl, he's not committed to football.
0: Yeah, but these are the things. Like when you're when you're on the biggest stage like this, every like every little thing like this matters. People are paying attention to everything you do. If you don't show up to the Senior Bowl, you have to know people will notice. If you get busted for public intoxication, people are going to notice. They're like Russell Wilson shows shows up to everything. He shows up to too much. He's freaking high knees on the freaking plane. <laughs> like this is that's the kind of commitment that you see from NFL quarterbacks. I I don't know if Stetson Bennett's, Bennett's got it. I don't know.
1: No, I thought I, he did. I, I can see it. I, I thought he it. did,
0: but this is this is alarming to me. This is an alar- this is alarming to me. Anyway, no, that's fair. Well, I think but, you have a great I think you have a great point. But yeah, we'll we'll see how that
1: pans out. Um, next piece of news that we'll cover has to do with a little bit of recruiting drama. Actually, we have a uh, Jaden Rashada who was committed, not just committed. He had signed his nil, sorry, not nil, his nli, his national letter of intent to go play at Florida. But then, you know what? Like Jerry Maguire, they did not show me the money. They did not follow through on some of the uh, NIL deals that they had promised him, which might be a discussion in and of itself. But we'll, we'll focus more on the fact that he is now committed to Arizona State, um, <laughs> which makes the Pac-12 just that much more fun. Like, let's add another QB to the mix here. Um, yeah. Man, Pac-12
0: QB crop is gonna it's be crazy, sick. This next now we're year. left with with Stanford and Cal, right? Those are the yeah, only I, two teams that don't really have a quarterback. Yeah,
1: I actually when in, I was like thinking about this, I would, instead of just listing out the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, I wanted to make a list and rank them what I thought. Like, um, and if you want to do it here on the fly, if not, you can kind of argue or disagree with me, but I I have my, my list of order I think of who the 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 power quarterbacks are, I guess, like the, the power rankings of quarterbacks. Would you like to hear? You have a top twelve?
0: Yep. Of call of Pac twelve quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Alright, well you could start. If the number one's not who I think it's gonna be, then I'm gonna cut I'll you start... off and we're gonna be done. Okay. Number one's Caleb Williams. Alright, cool. I don't care about the rest then. Yep, You're not,
1: yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll still say it. So, number one, I got Caleb Williams. Number two, yeah, Michael Penix Jr. I think I've got I'll him. Uh, yeah. Number three, Bo Nix. Okay. Uh, four is DJ Uyagalele. Cam Rising at five. Shadur Sanders at six. Then we got Cam Ward, Dante Moore, UCLA, Jaden Delora, Jaden Rashada and then i just put stanford and cal like i don't even know who the quarterbacks are and yeah. justifying it jaden Rashad is so far down the list just because he's not proven at the college level this is going to yeah. be subject to a lot of shuffling as the season pans out um, but i don't know anything on that list catch your
0: eye or you think what are you thinking you idiot i actually no i actually i think that's a great list the only i think the only thing i would switch is uh dj and cam rising i would switch those two to have cam rising before i think cam rising's better than dj at least what we've seen on the field uh yeah i think cam i think cam rising's better it was but, hard when i was doing this i
1: was like dang like it's pretty even across the board like they all have their own different styles i feel like there's not i, I don't know it's hard to compare them because. There's a lot of different types of quarterbacks, but it's going to be a fun conference to watch with quarterback play. It's going to be it's going to be exciting to see how defenses can tackle these yeah. guys literally and metaphorically speaking here. But um what are your thoughts on Jaden Rashada going to ASU?
0: It's a big time pickup for for ASU. I mean, he's a four star recruit. He's kind of like one of those fringe five stars. I think on twenty four seven, he's like a like his ratings like a ninety six. Yeah. So he's a high four star recruit. Looking. Yeah, yeah. So where, he's where's like he a from fringe again? Five-star. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, his dad went to ASU. His dad played yeah. de- played defensive back for ASU back in the nineties. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where he's from.
1: I'll tell you. I don't you can, think Arizona. You can keep. You can keep talking about the pickup, but Pit, um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, California.
0: Oh, okay. He's a Cali guy. Okay. Yeah. Um. I will say uh, when you talked about Jaden Rashada, how he's unproven. I mean, Shadur Sanders is pretty much unproven too. Like, you can't tell me that playing at Jackson State, like yeah. I don't care how good you were. I don't care how good you were. Like that conference is. Not good. Like you're not playing against good talent, so we'll see. You know, I mean, Colorado's getting a bunch of transfers from Jackson State, and I'm like, all right, well, that's cool, but I mean, you're basically getting a bunch of even if they're all sophomores and <laughs> played last year, you're kind of just getting a bunch of freshmen because they haven't played against real talent at all. This is now so, Power Five teams. Yeah, this isn't the SWAC anymore. This is the Pac-12. Yeah, um, not taking so. anything away from the
1: football there, like
0: it's well, just okay. not
1: the same level. But, no no no, I know what you're saying. Like it's not the same but we are. level of skill. <laughs> <laughs> you might you,
0: you might not, but I I am. Like yeah, the football is not as good.
1: It's yeah.
0: it's okay to admit like they're not as good at football as the Pac-12. They're not. It's that's like fair. that's fair throw enough. any pac 12 team against any SWAC team they're gonna here i it. am
1: trying not to hurt any feelings of SWAC fans but you know it's what just the truth. you're right jacob jacob <laughs> has shown me the light SWAC football is not as good as power five football yes
0: yeah i mean yeah
1: like the, just statistically speaking yes okay fair enough okay we can yeah it
0: doesn't it's have stupid. to hurt anyone's stupid. feelings it's just it's just a it's just a fact it's
1: just like it minor league baseball is know. not as
0: good as major league baseball. Yeah. Is it fair that that Georgia and Alabama get all the best players? No. No, it's not.
1: Okay, well, speaking of that, speaking of that, I was listening to Joel Klatt the other day and he was breaking oh, yeah. down some recruiting news. Hold on, sorry. Okay, sorry. My dad was calling. Are we back? Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. Okay. He was breaking down some of this recruiting news and this is going to make you throw up in your mouth a little bit because we've already talked a little bit about how recruiting is very, very top heavy, but of the 38, um, official five-star recruits that I can't remember which recruiting site he was using, whether it was 24 seven or on three, I don't remember, but of 38 of the 38 recruits, 21 are going to the sec. Yeah. And then it's seven to big 12, five to Pac 12, four to ACC, and one to the Big Ten. Crazy. That's nuts. That's so that nuts. nuts. And and he brought up the point, like, five stars are big and flashy and, like, obviously bring a lot of talent, but, like, these other guys, like, these four stars, there's a lot more four stars, and a large majority of those, that those are more distributed, a little bit more evenly, but those five stars, man. Kind of. More than half are just going to one conference. Nuts.
0: How many how many were there again? How many thirty-eight?
1: Thirty-eight and he mentioned that it was maybe thirty nine. Somebody was about to I can't remember. Somebody was about to pop into like the echelon
0: of getting a fifth star. Yeah, and fourteen of those are going to Alabama and Georgia. Fourteen of those twenty one. Four, yeah, 14 of those. Yeah, 21 and of the 38. So, what is that? 14 divided by 38? It's like 37%. 37% of, of five star recruits are going to two teams. That's...
1: So, for anyone
0: out there who thinks that Alabama is not going to be good anymore, that like that Bama dynasty is over, I would think again because they're going to be good. Oh, anybody that thinks that doesn't know what they're thinking, but. They haven't right. looked at recruiting is what they haven't is what they
1: haven't done. Yeah. All right. Do we do we uh, want to talk anymore last... ASU or is that kind of it?
0: Yeah, that's good for ASU. Okay. Um, Sean Payton took the Broncos job. D'Amico Ryans took the Texans job. I think Jim Harbaugh is safe at Michigan.
1: <laughs> Who
0: knows, man? We talked
1: about this last week. I guess this is kind of follow up to last week, but for one more year like who knows else. until next year when the coaching carousel in the nfl is running again like i'll say the same thing i did last week like i think he's got one foot out the door already looking for the opportunity that's what i think but we'll see yeah. for right now the the holes are filled that he was looking at i don't think he was looking at the texan job at all but yeah i don't know we'll see so, yeah, that, that I think that solidifies him staying at Michigan for at least one more year. We'll see which hot NFL job is calling his name next year because undoubtedly he'll be taking an interview or two, but we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what NFL jobs will come up. Who knows? But, yeah, he seems safe, which I think is good. I, As a college football fan, I want Jim Harbaugh in college football. I don't want him in the NFL. So it's fun. It's fun for the big 10 to
1: have him there. It like brings a little bit more parody to the big 10 in a conference that doesn't have a whole ton of parody. Makes yeah. it brings parody to the top, like two or three teams, I
0: guess. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we talked about, uh, <clears throat> we talked about only one five-star recruit going to the big 10 and that was to Ohio state and for Ohio state standard, only getting one five-star recruit is not, is not great, miss. but that was not, that was another thing that well that was that was another thing that Joel Klatt talked about though is they still ended up with the f- the fifth overall recruiting yeah. class cuz they just got a crap ton of four-star recruits and a lot of those four-star recruits were like high four-star recruits like borderline yeah, like, five-star recruits right yep so it before you start thinking that Ohio State's class wasn't very good still a top 5 class. No, they you have to look like, at it as a whole. You can't
1: just it. look at just the five stars. It's as yeah. a whole. And this I think these rankings that he was talking about were just high school recruits coming out. Didn't even include transfer portal. So you you have to look yeah. at the whole picture these days in college football. Like high school recruiting is only one piece of the puzzle that you have to put together.
0: But yeah. There was only there was only one five-star transfer this cycle and it was uh, That was
1: Jackson State, was right? Travis
0: Yeah. Travis Hunter. So, um, and we all knew where he was going. So that wasn't really. Yeah. Entertaining. It was kind of like Caleb Williams last year. I was like, dude, we all know where you're going. Just commit to SC and get it over with. Yeah. Uh, Get to work. So anyway. All right. We are going to do our way too early 2023 college football playoff predictions. Are yours interesting? Because I feel like mine are predictable. <laughs> did you, unfortunately, did you...
1: <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have exciting picks. I've got, I've got uh, Tulane number one. I've got. Okay, that's um, what I have too. Bowling Green making a surprise appearance into the FBS, going number two. Nice, no. nice. Jackson yeah, State. I'm. I'm mad. I'm mad that my picks are boring. They're so boring, and and I think we can. Should we say our number one at the exact same time?
0: I don't know if we'll have the same number
1: one. Okay, that's fine. Who? Well, we is should. Your... Yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay, you're well, ready. I don't know how this will work with lag on the video or anything, but we can go one, two, yeah, three, just, and say it. You just, you just go first. <laughs> okay, I got Georgia number one.
0: I have Bama number
1: one. Okay, that's like not crazy. Like that's a but matter of was in the SEC championship game. <laughs>
0: If you're depressed that I have Bama at number one, just wait; it gets more depressing. <laughs>
1: well, I don't think I'm going to cheer you up with my picks either.
0: <laughs> we're gonna, we're but, gonna explain. We're gonna explain. We're gonna go into this. I, I'm going to go into some college football team talent here in in just a minute because. Okay, let's lay out and, all the. Let's lay out the top four yeah. though, and then we'll discuss kay. who's
1: who's your number two. I got Ohio State as the two seed. Me too. <laughs> all right.
0: Ohio number State. three,
1: you probably have Georgia. I do have Georgia. I have Alabama. Yep. All right. And all right. This could four, be where it gets maybe a little interesting. This Who do you is the, have, only the only one, one that's kind of
0: up for grit. I have SC at four. I have SC at four as well.
1: Okay. We're both optimistic so
0: that, that the Pac-12 decides to show up. That wasn't interesting at all. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we can move on to our next segment then. Just kidding. No, no, no. Hold on. I, I actually I, I know. I was too. kidding. I was kidding i again I've mentioned this in a in a podcast I think a few weeks ago but uh there's a college football on 24 seven sports as a college football team talent composite and it basically lays out how many five-star recruits each team has on their entire roster. Not just the one, not just the 2023, recruiting not just cycle. the class at their entire right. recruiting cycle. Of all years. Yeah. Yeah. So five-star, four-star, three-stars. It gives an average and it gives like total points. I honestly don't know how they calculate the total points. Um, I could probably figure that out, but whatever. Um, so number one is Alabama. They have 14, five-stars on their roster And 61 four-stars. Dude, that's so unfair. That's nuts. And then there's Georgia, number two, with 15 four-stars and 50... Sorry, 15 five-stars and 53 four-stars. Okay, that's number two. And then number three is Ohio State. They have 14 five-stars and 52 four-stars. So let me say that again. Georgia has 15 five-stars, 53 four-stars. Let me do this again. Georgia has 15... 15 five-stars. Ohio State has 14 five-stars. Georgia has 53 four-stars, and Ohio State has 52 five-stars. Four-stars, sorry. Ohio State's right there. In terms of total talent, talent, Like there is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. They are the standard in terms of talent. There's a reason that Ohio State went toe-to-toe with Georgia. Ohio State's roster is really good. They have a lot of talent on their roster. So, We have these three teams in the playoff because it's kind of hard to pick anybody else. They have more talent than anybody and it's not particularly close. I wish I could pick somebody else, but like, I tried, I tried talking myself into someone, anyone. I just couldn't.
1: I left the two slot open before I filled it with Ohio state, just trying to think of like any potential, but it's like, I don't see it any other way. I see it. Georgia winning out and wins the conference against alabama and the championship it's like a 1v2 matchup in the ch- conference championship and then yep. alabama falls one spot and yep. everybody's pissed off about it getting two sec teams in not a conference champion same storyline every freaking year but it's it's gonna happen again unfortunately i i'm rooting for myself to be wrong with these pigs i would love to see a clean slate like four new teams in there that'd be great like but I just don't see it happening, unfortunately.
0: So, yeah. And for reference, I mean, let's go from number three, Ohio State, in total terms of five star recruits to number six. Okay. So, usually when you think like, oh, the number three team in the country to the number six team in the country, it's like, should oh, they're going to be Yeah. That should be close. Ohio State, 14 five stars. Number six is Texas with six. Cut in half, more than half. Cut, cut in half. Yep, Texas does have fifty-three four stars, so they're they're right up there in terms of four stars with Ohio State. But those blue chip recruits, like Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State, are getting all of them. Yeah, and I think for the record too, it's important to note
1: that like not every single five star will live up to their ranking, yeah. their hype. But like, I think over the years, these recruiting sites that give these rankings, they they've got to down pretty good like in each year that goes by i think the rankings and their system get more accurate there will always be guys that slip through the cracks and that are total busts. but like for the most part i feel like it's it's pretty indicative of the type of success you'll have on the field like good recruiting will be good product on the field most of the time
0: yeah yeah, and well, recruiting. I think we is, brought up last week
1: yeah. the fact that Georgia's schedule is just a freaking walk in the park. Yeah, is they don't leave their home stadium for almost the entire first month of the season. Their first four games are all at home before they have to go play at Auburn the last second to last day of September. But the first four games are all at home. They're gonna. It's just like why why are they even playing the schedule like let's just set a date for the Alabama Georgia matchup and let them rest you know
0: yeah the no, only don't potential do that, hiccup. I see football. the only potential hiccup is that Tennessee <laughs> cuz they do have Tennessee in Knoxville yeah that's true um and Tennessee I think is going to be really good next year again I don't I know you're not as high on Tennessee next year but I think they're still going to be really good um that's not going to be an easy matchup
1: We'll see. Yeah. I Do you, don't I, I, mean, I don't think.
0: Who I think you know this could be
1: kind of exciting, but who are potential like they're not called bracket busters in college football, that's college basketball. But who are some dark horses that could come in and crash these top four spots? I've got I've got oh. two chosen. I've got two chosen. There's like a few though. Like there's a few that could come in and really stir up the pot here. But I'm interested to see if you can think of anybody like
0: shooting from the hip like
1: you're frozen. Okay, I Oh you're
0: there. I do no I I wasn't. I was just fro- I was frozen actually. Okay. <laughs> I I have a dark horse in a conference. What do you mean? Like I don't, to win the conference? So I, not necessarily no, not, get into not, the playoff? Even, not even to win the conference, but to like get to a conference title game. Okay. But not necessarily, but not necessarily like go to the playoff. They're not, not going to be good enough to crash go to the playoff.
1: Out. Okay, who's that? So,
0: my dark horse candidate is Wisconsin. Interesting. I think, I think Luke Fickle is a really good coach. They brought in Tanner Mordecai from SMU, yeah. who I got his stats right here. His last two seasons, he's averaged 36 touchdowns and 3,500 yards. No, he's, and he's his, inter- and in, his interceptions were pretty low too. They were like maybe around 10 um, and for 36 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like those are respectable numbers. That's a good, yeah, that'll be the best quarterback that Wisconsin's had. I don't Ever. know. Since Jack, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking like, yeah, I mean, in a long time, Jack, I mean, Jack since, since Bo Callahan, okay. yeah, Bo Cal, Bo Cal. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, okay, Wisconsin. Yeah, is that like a
1: crash? is that the one that you said would stir up things within the conference, or you're thinking like potentially even crash the playoff?
0: No, I don't think they're going to go to the playoff. But I, I, but I do think they could win the Big Ten West. See, because for me, like a dark horse, you got to have some opportunity, not just like you're an up and coming team. But you're going to have to play Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee all in the same year. It's like, okay, well, you're an up and coming team, but you're not going to win all those games. Wisconsin is like, I don't necessarily think they're going to be an elite team, but the Big Ten West
1: is wide is open.
0: Arguably the worst division in college football. It is ugly. It's not yeah, good.
1: It's, no, and it's Wisconsin, I mean, for grabs
0: every year. Yeah, you come in and play like decent football and you can win the Big 10 West. And I think Wisconsin will come in I'm picking them to pick the Big 10 West next year, so and then play
1: Ohio State. And then play Washington. Ohio State
0: and get boat raced,
1: but yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and Who do you got? It's, it's funny that you mentioned like an up and coming team, but you have to play like Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama on the same year cuz one of my dark horses is from the SEC. Um, All right. LSU. LSU is kind of intriguing Oh, I like that. Me. I like that. Yeah. LSU, they've got Jaden Daniels coming back, and he's – I've never been super high on him, but, like, this last year, I kind of started to have a little bit of a, a change, like, in how I view him. Because I think – I mean, that game against Alabama where they beat them at home in overtime, that game was riveting. Like, I was glued to my seat watching that game. Oh. And – Yeah. I know that consistency was an issue for them this past season. But, like, when they're on, they're on. And they're – like, that's a team that, man, that that could be – things will have to break their way because they're going to have to play those, those big guns. But, like, if they get rolling and can, like, get a couple sneaky wins, some upsets there, like – they'll get in like whoever wins the sec is going to get into the playoff like the sec Mm -hmm. will not cannibalize each other to the extent that the pac-12 usually does like i I don't know lsu to me is somebody to watch pay attention to they definitely started to get their get in a groove after kind of like rocky start with that florida state game like we mentioned but i think they're a team to watch for sure like Tough, tough, tough schedule in the SEC. But, like I said, if they get a few breaks, they'll be in. And they'd be an interesting team to watch.
0: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I like Brian Kelly. I I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, I mean, I think he's good. I don't
1: necessarily love him. Like, going back to who we'd go play for,
0: I don't know that I would choose him. But like, oh no, heck no! I'm just saying, as as he's a coach good at who what can he does prepare his guys to go and play a clean football game, like he's a very good football coach.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do play at Alabama this year, which is gonna be tough, and Alabama's gonna be out for blood after the last season. Mm. But aside from that, like obviously you have your typical SEC games. Like they've got Florida State at a neutral site. I'm just looking at their schedule, but. They've got Florida at home. You say Florida, at State? Home, Florida they play State? Florida State. Florida State again. It, the season opener again, yeah.
0: Oh, dude, that is a money season. Those are two. Yeah, oh, I, I almost two dark chose Florida State candidates. too.
1: My other yeah, one that I chose like, yeah. I was gonna say the other one that I chose is is Washington, just because I feel like they're just, like, you got to keep up with them. Like, I don't know their defense is going to be amazing, but that's going to be a shootout. And if you can keep up with them, great. But if not, like, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. I think Michael Pettix Jr., I don't even know if you could call him a dark horse candidate for Heisman anymore. I think he's, like, got to be up there in the top 10, like, in betting odds. Like, he's oh, got to be up there, right? Like because He's, he's got to be. I, I don't know. So, I, I see... I think Washington might be more likely to break into the football playoff over LSU just because of a schedule. Yeah, But I don't know. Washington will be interesting to watch. That's going to be a fun team to watch with Pennix Jr. So we'll see. Do you have a second team or is
0: kind of Wisconsin yeah, here? I do. Um, South Carolina. I kind of liked – I mean, obviously liked what they did at the end of the year. Um, just dominating – Tennessee, they really and, pulled it together at the end. Yeah, beating beating Clemson as well. <laughs> uh, they finished the season really strong. Spencer Rattler was looking more like the player that we thought he would be. Um, but the problem is same as LSU. They're in the same division. Well, LSU is in a different division, but they're in the same division. South Carolina is as Tennessee and Georgia. And that's just rough. That's that's a tough draw. Uh, I don't think they have. I don't think they have the talent to to go toe to toe with, especially not Georgia. Uh, I think maybe they could they could beat one of those guys, you know, and catch them off guard. Um, but to beat to beat both of them, I think is is a lot to ask. And then to go to the SEC title game and beat like Bama, I I don't know. I, I don't see them going to the playoff, but. I think they're going to give a lot of people fits next year in the they SEC. Could, they could uh,
1: be playing the underdog, underdog upset, crashing lots of
0: people's playoff yeah. hopes along the way. Yeah, yeah. They could just do exactly what they did this year. <laughs> On the flip side, yeah, no, exactly. On the flip they, side, they crushed two playoff dreams in a row.
1: Who Tennessee and then Clemson? Oh yeah, Clemson. Yeah. Neither of us had Clemson in our. Uh in our four.
0: I just don't know if I believe I, I, I've gotta see I gotta see the offense do something more before I can believe in Clemson.
1: Yeah, that's true. But hopefully And I just
0: I just I just don't think I just don't think Clemson has enough talent at the skilled positions. whenever I watch them I'm like Just like where, we talked about last who, week. Yeah. Yeah like where are their guys? Who who is you know, Klubnik gonna throw to. I I just don't I don't see elite athleticism on the outside. And that's a problem. You gotta have that's what Alabama struggled with. That's why Alabama wasn't as good this year. Is they had Bryce Young, but his receivers, the the transfers they brought in weren't as good as they thought they were gonna be. And that's not what Alabama's used to. So they they weren't as good. Yeah, true. On the flip
1: side here, we were talking about dark horses. I see here in our notes that I didn't know this. You've taken. Do you want to address this uh, this bus that you brought up here?
0: Oh, regression candidates.
1: Yeah, I, the stat yeah. that you have here is very interesting. I didn't even know.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I added. And some I want to give credit and... where credit is
1: due. You found the stat,
0: and so I want you yeah. to be the one to present it. I don't want to steal your thunder there. No, this was actually kind of fun. the way The way I found this was. Uh, <clears throat> Kind of painstaking, but it was uh, well. I shouldn't say that it was fun, but it was not easy to find. So I basically went into like the twenty fourteen final CFP rankings and went, looked at the whole top ten, and then I went to twenty fifteen and I looked at the top. You went year by twenty five, and I went to the top twenty five, and I was like, who in the top ten from the prior year ended up outside the top twenty five? Feel like you need an year. Excel function for this oh yeah totally but uh yeah maybe i could have exported it i don't know anyway stay uh, tuned so for 20...
1: cell podcast that will be starting shortly after this yeah <laughs>
0: just kidding Eww.
1: so anyway no, thank you. lay it lay it out here and then we'll discuss
0: yes so in 2014 mississippi state and arizona were both ranked in the top 10 at the end of the year and in 20 by the end of 2015 they were not ranked anymore In 2015, we had Michigan State, TCU, Houston, Iowa, and Ole Miss all in the top 10, not even in the top 25 next year. That's a bunch. Sheesh. That's half of the top 10 just gone. Yeah. That was a crazy year. Uh, 2016, Michigan and Colorado. 2017, Wisconsin, Auburn, USC, Miami. 2018, Washington and UCF. 2019, LSU, Penn State, Minnesota. 2020, Texas A&M, Florida, Iowa State. 2021, Cincinnati, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Oklahoma. That was another rough year.
1: In 2022.
0: Is nuts. Crazy, right? So, 2022, like, there is absolutely going to be a top 10 team from this year that will not be ranked by the end of next year. Who is that team? I mean,
1: shooting from the hip, it's hard not to say TCU just because it's got to be. I, That's like the one that for sure pops into my mind right away. It's like, can you repeat that again? Like if you're not like a proven year after year program, like that's hard to do, but we're talking falling Mm -hmm. completely out of the top 25 though. That's where I was stuck. Like, will they fall completely out of the top 25 though.
0: Do you want to know some, do you want to know a, a consistency with a lot of these teams that fell out of the top 25?
1: What was it? Their quarterback leaving?
0: They they lost a quarterback or their running back or both. Um, like for example, in, their main producer essentially. Yeah, like uh, let's see. la well, last year, Cincinnati lost Desmond Ritter, Baylor lost uh, Jerry Bohannon uh, and Abram Smith, who rushed for sixteen hundred yards for them last year. Uh. Oklahoma State lost a bunch of defensive guys. Michigan State lost Kenneth Walker. Oklahoma lost Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and their head coach. So look for head coach, quarterback turnover, um, and TCU lost Max Duggan and Kendra Miller, two of their biggest producers. Oh, and And obviously Quinton Johnston. So that just makes it even more obvious. I I think TCU is not ranked at the end of next year. I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, I've
1: got I've got the top 10 pulled up here. Georgia's not going anywhere. Michigan is not going to fall out of the top 25. TCU probably gone. Ohio State staying, Alabama, Tennessee. Tennessee I was tempted to choose, but like at the end of the day, I don't they're not going to fall out of the top 25. Like I don't I, know could if they'll see live that. Up. I don't I don't they were like my second. I almost chose Utah too cuz Utah finished 8. But then there's Kansas State too. Like so I'm like, dude, I don't know. Cause like I could see if I have to choose if I'm being told I have to choose four or even half. If I have to choose half of the top ten to be gone. TCU's out, Utah, Kansas State, and then the last two are kind
0: of tough. Like, you don't have to choose that many. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I these, don't know. Some of these years it was only two or three. That,
1: that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, if we have another crazy year, where half the top ten's gone, but. I think TCU is most likely Kansas state second, most likely, and then Utah third, but then the rest, I think are for sure. Stay put in the top 25.
0: I'm with you. I had, I had TCU as my number one. Like they're kind of the obvious. I think they're going to go like six and six next year.
1: I wish um, they wouldn't. Like I, I would love to see them do this again, but like, mm-hmm. I don't even, I mean, I don't know what their quarterback situation is like, but max Doug. Well, they got the guy that was a starter initially though. I can't remember his name but he started the season as their starter, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean he'll be back, so it's not like you're coming in with the guy that has zero starting experience, but I mean he lost his starting job, so it's like hmm. that's cause for concern, but
0: I don't know. Yeah, I- TCU was just like they were a team, they were kind of a team of destiny and ev- like everything went TCU's way this year. I mean, quarterbacks oh, they got all getting all breaks in the close games, yeah. Quarterbacks getting hurt. Somehow that rushed field goal made it through when almost every college kicker in America misses that kick. Which one? The one against Baylor? Yeah. Like that college kickers. Come on. Give me a break. Uh, Like they should have lost. Not a kicker fan, I see. They should have lost. Like not college kicker fan. No. College kickers suck. So unreliable and scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. I think I think TCU should have lost like three or four games this year. To be honest, oh, I watched so sure good. I watched so many TCU games because I was like, "How are these freaking guys still winning? How are they still winning games?" And then of course, when I finally picked them, they lose by <laughs> sixty. I freaking hate TCU. Don't don't be dramatic. They didn't lose by sixty. It was fifty eight. All right. Sorry. But seriously, I, I will forever be mad at TCU because I thought that they were just this team of destiny, and I see, here's the thing: going into that national championship game, I held Michigan to a really high like a really high standard. I okay. thought Michigan was a really good football team. Like TCU just punched Michigan in the mouth. I think they can hang with Georgia, and then nope, didn't even show up. The like they they put their backups out there. Up. What happened?
1: Yeah. I don't know. That was a disaster. Like I haven't seen I haven't looked to see what the TV ratings were, but that's gotta be the, the lowest TV rating in the college football playoff era. It's gotta be. Cause how many people yeah. stayed and watched that second half? Like the entire state of Georgia, for sure. But nobody else, nobody else was watching that. Like I turned it off. I was like, I'm done with this. Like, it's okay. over.
0: I suffered through it. I don't know why I kept watching, but I did. At some point it was just like, let's see if they could put up a hundred.
1: Yeah, it became a <laughs> it became a show for seeing how high they could run up the score, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Well, TCU, we'll we'll watch. Hopefully you defy the odds and stay in the top twenty five, but history I don't. says otherwise. I'm,
0: I'm just forever mad at them. I'll never okay, get over so it. You're
1: you're rooting for them to, to taint
0: yeah yeah i'm i'm, in your I'm face, actively rooting. i'm actively rooting for them to lose like nine to ten to twelve games wow that is
1: a lot of games after being in the national championship game
0: yeah well they shouldn't have been there so anyway, um, any other material anyhow. that might that might have been it for for this week that was a real positive way to end
1: yeah <laughs> very very positive we're very happy and hopeful and we love tcu for sure yeah but um stay tuned for next week we have lots of fun material coming at you again hot there are there will undoubtedly be some news that we'll cover and i don't know we got some fun stuff planned so if you stuck with us again here We need to do better positive self-talk. We don't want people just to stick with us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we appreciate it. And we We love you. you. We love you. Hearts. We can do heart because there's video. You rock. Yes. Anyway, stay tuned for next week's episode. Until then, adios. Peace out.